Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Work Stories is a place for women of color to share their experiences in the workplace. We're no longer whispering these stories to our best friends and partners and then shoving them to the backs of our minds and just dealing. We're talking about bias, equal pay, bad bosses, racist hiring practices, and all the crazy things your coworkers have done or said to you. This is a safe place to tell those stories. The floor is open, y'all. We are telling it all. Welcome back to Work Stories. Our next guest is going through something that has become all too common in today's work culture, a layoff. She worked for a huge tech company, and to protect her, we're not going to be naming the company or her name. She's been gracious enough to tell us her story today, and when I ask her how she's coping, her answer might shock you. I'm Red. I've been in corporate America for 12 years now, going on 13. I've worked as a recruiter in corporate America for about 10 of those years and recently transitioned out of marketing, which was my focus for about nine of those years to tech. So I've recently been in the tech industry for about the last two to three years. I've moved around, lived up and down the East Coast pretty much my entire career. Started out in the Philly area, moved to DC, lived there for a few years, lived in New York for a few years. And now I'm based in Atlanta. So I live here full time and been here for a few years. Yeah. I started out my recruiting career working for a staffing agency, mm-hmm. one that was very well known and essentially started there not having any experience. So they trained me in all things recruiting. And I worked there for about two years before I transitioned to a more boutique agency because the one I started out in was very large. Transitioned into more of a boutique agency that was also local to the area I was in at that time. Worked there for a few months and was actually laid off. That was my second experience in my career, but my first experience in recruiting as a layoff. And then Transitioned from that role into a agency that focused more in like marketing and creative recruiting. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely loved that job because it essentially directly related back to what I went to school for. And I just felt, you know, coming out of school, like I was unable to land a job in what I went to school for. It was very difficult. The market at the time was challenging. And I just decided to take a totally different route from that and to land in a role that worked directly with those individuals that were doing the work that I had went to school for was just so intriguing for me. So Mm -hmm. that was where I started my marketing recruiting career. And from there moved into the marketing agency work. And I worked for a very large international marketing agency for about four and a half years. Absolutely loved it. 
resigned for a better opportunity, but, you know, never really lost what I gained there because I just loved it so much. I love the people. I love the culture. I loved the company. It was just really a great place to work. And once I transitioned out, I moved into the tech space. And so being in the tech space, I've been working as a recruiter. I started out as a tech marketing recruiter. So I was still recruiting marketing people, but more for tech roles that were related to the tech industry. So still wasn't doing traditional marketing, but was still very involved in it. And then from there moved into straight tech recruiting. And that's what I was doing most recently. So recruiting data center folks, people who do network engineering, manufacturing engineering, software engineering. So very much kind of like in a totally different space than what I was used to. Yeah. So what would you say the positives of that big shift were? And like, what would you say was really hard about it? So the positives for sure were definitely like learning the space. I always use this metaphor, like this to me was like a transition for someone who maybe was like an author in a previous life and became a math teacher. Like (laughs) they're not so much equipped in math, but they were maybe like forced into that transition or told that was a great transition and then got into it and realized, hey, what am I doing here? I am an author. I am not a math teacher. (laughs) So this was a transition for me that was very foreign. I was not in any way familiar with the space, had no insight into the subject matter. I just felt like I was walking blindly in to a role that I really had no experience in. Now, I had previous recruiting experience, recruiting in tech, but it was front end. And so working in this role, this was all back end recruiting for engineers and I was completely lost. So it was a totally different world. And so getting into the role, obviously it's a great benefit because it's the experience is experience that a lot of companies are looking for. It's like being a doctor and being able to go anywhere. It was like, you know, having tech recruiting experience just made you more marketable as a candidate for other companies. But being someone who had never recruited on the back end, I was so lost and just not happy, really. I was fighting the good fight for for the sake of needing to. Mm -hmm. But I really did not like my job. Like, I was very unhappy. I didn't feel like the role and the work that I was doing was serving me. You know, there was a point in time in my career when I was recruiting where I really felt like I was making a difference. I was making an Mm -hmm. impact. I was helping people. I was doing all of these things that were like making an impact to people outside of my direct environment. And moving into this role, I felt like that was not at all what was happening. I felt I was very much at a disadvantage because not only was I not excited about the subject matter, but I was also not familiar with it. So the motivation to learn it was not there, but I was doing it. I just wasn't into the learning. So being leaned in was hard. Being engaged was hard. But by the time that I ended the role, I was actually doing really well, which is why like it was very like from an internal perspective, very strange that it happened the way it did because a lot of people were like, man, like you were killing it. And I'm like, I know after so many months of struggling, (laughs) um, you know, I finally made it to the promised land only for God to say, actually, we're going to take you in this direction and not the one that you thought you were going in. Right. So here we are. 
<laughs> yeah. People have this toss up all the time. It's like, I want to do something I'm passionate about. I want to do something that fuses like multiple interests, ideally, and feel really confident doing it and have like some type of interest, right? Like I want to do my own research on the side or like, you know, get other certifications. Like I want to feel invested in it. But also, I want to be more marketable. I want right. to get jobs easily. And I want to make a good amount of money. And, you know, I want to kind of open my horizons long term. So maybe I have to do this right now to do that. It's like, when do you make which decision? It's hard. Yeah, I will say having now lived it, my advice is always to go the route of passion and not the route of I'm doing this because it will set me up for opportunities. Mm -hmm. What I've learned through my experience and also through like my faith-based journey as well, mm -hmm. everything that is happening in your life is happening on your behalf. And so there's never a reason to think like, oh, I don't have this experience. And so now I'm at a disadvantage. No, because whatever you're doing or you have experience in is going to be used to fuel you into the next part of your life. Mm -hmm. And so my advice is to always go the passion route because doing something that you're happy doing and you're passionate doing is going to serve you way better in the future than doing something that you feel you were forced into and that you're not passionate about because your motivation won't be there and you really won't be interested. Like you'll play it like you are for the sake of serving the purpose, but you will know deep down, like this is not really what I want to do. And so you won't really feel like you're being served, which will essentially make you lack in the skills that you know you have mm -hmm. and lack in your motivation to present those skills in the ways that they should be presented. Yeah, You know, God didn't give us gifts to waste them on things and tasks that we're not passionate about. And so I definitely think that if it's meant for you, there will always be opportunities for you to gain experience in areas that you may need in the future. But if those experiences and opportunities don't present themselves, know that it was not a part of the plan. Oof, you over here preaching today. Okay. <laughs> I love that advice. I love that advice. Such a good lesson. And unfortunately, some of us have to learn it the hard way. <laughs> we have to be I in those situations. I, I, <laughs> like, I am one of them, please. But like I said, I am a product of it. So yeah, never sacrifice passion for anything else, really, even money. Yeah. So unfortunately, you have been laid off from that last job. You were affected by these big, there were so many big tech layoffs in the yeah. last six months. And you are one of those people that was affected. Can you tell us about kind of how you got the news and your initial feelings about it? Yeah. So it's a very... I don't even know a word to use because when I take myself back into the moment, there were a lot of things happening in my life outside of work that were dealing with my faith-based spiritual relationship with God that were totally unrelated to work. And in the time that all of this was taking place, I was praying to God to remove anything from my life that was no longer serving me. Mm. And I knew deep down that this job was going to be one of them. So the way they made the announcement was they sent out an email basically. And, you know, whenever an email comes from a leader that is like a pretty high up leader, usually those emails are long, <laughs> you know, like they're, yeah. <laughs> they're very content heavy. They're not usually emails you read in full. You typically skim through them, you know, they're, they're yeah. usually very detailed and super lengthy and you just never really make time to want to read them. This email was very short. 
And so when it came through, I was like, all right, like I kind of know where this is going because leaders, like I said, they never send really short emails. When it came out, I was in the office and I was like, yep, time to go home. And I had literally only been there maybe an hour or two. Like I had not been there long. Mm. So in the midst of me coming home, I had meetings like throughout the rest of the week. It was one of those things where it was kind of like, okay, so if this is bad news that may or may not impact me, like, am I to still attend these meetings? Like, and as a recruiter, I am very communication aware. Mm -hmm. And so in dealing with candidates, like I truly believe communication is your most important asset in maintaining a relationship and building a rapport with that candidate. And I had candidate meetings that were taking place throughout the rest of that week. And so in my mind, I was kind of like, all right, am I to let these individuals know like, Hey, I'm going to cancel these meetings and move them to next week. And we'll, we'll connect then. Or should I just keep them on calendar with the thought that doing that in essence is creating my destiny basically. Right. Because I'm already going into this knowing I failed. But the thing was, is like, I wasn't looking at it as failure. And like I said, I had already been praying to God on it. So when the email came out, a part of me already knew that I was going to be impacted. But that wasn't like the email didn't even disclose anything about a layoff. So it wasn't even in me to assume that that was what the conversation was going to be. It yeah. just, the tone of the email was what it sounded like based on what we knew was already happening in the market for other recruiters. Mm-hmm. So I go home, hop on the meeting that they have, and the meeting was put on our calendar. It was only 15 minutes. It was very fast, which our meetings with leadership usually are not. So that's how I knew it was going to be like one of those like straight to the point meetings. When we get in the meeting, you know, the vice president is like, unfortunately, due to, you know, assessment of hiring needs over the next year, we've decided that we're going to need to make a workforce reduction and a few of you have been impacted. So they never named anyone. They didn't say like who and what, you know, because this is a global company. So like they didn't say who and what countries were going to be impacted. They just said recruiting as a whole. So as a recruiter, I just assumed everyone that was a recruiter was in some way going to be affected by this. And so they said, you know, if you are impacted by this layoff, you will receive an email and the email will outline everything that you need to know about how your transition out will be, what your last day will be, whatever. So at that point, I'm like, yeah, let me go ahead and cancel these meetings. (laughs) So I start reaching out to my candidates. I'm canceling meetings with like hiring managers that I had scheduled, canceling meetings with like my team members that I had scheduled. And I'm just like, all right, I'm not even, I'm going to just open my Bible. I'm not even about to give this any more Mm -hmm. energy than it needs. So I opened my Bible and I literally read my Bible the rest of the day. I did not even really give this any more thought. So two or three hours went by, I received the email. And right as I got the email, some of my other team members were in our group chat, like, oh, I just got the email, you know, like really upset. And I like, that was not my reaction at all. My reaction was actually the complete opposite. And it was almost like I felt bad. There was a part of me that one felt relief because I had been in this position at this company that I wasn't happy in. And that I was really struggling to show I could do, even though I didn't want to. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I was put in a position where I was like forced to prove myself when I already did. Like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Right. Like, so I'm like talking to people and they're trying to tell me stuff. And I'm like, you realize you're talking to someone who's been doing this for 10 years. Right. Now, 10 years at this company is a junior level person. Dang. And that was so eye opening for me because I'm like, no wonder people talk to me like I don't know what I'm doing. Right. You know, and of course, at the time that it was happening, I always thought it was because I was black. I'm like, they're talking to me like this because I'm a black woman and they think I'm yeah. stupid. But it really was because I was considered, looked at as a junior level employee at this company. And I just thought that was mind boggling because I'm like, I got 10 years experience. Ain't nobody can tell me I was junior. I've had a team under me before. Like, mm-hmm. y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Anyway, when I got the email, my reaction was total opposite of everyone else's. I wasn't upset. I was obviously like in a moment of like shock and maybe just a tad bit of sadness because of more so unemployment, but not sad because I was like losing my job at this company. Like that was the last thing that was on my mind. But as a black woman who was impacted by a layoff at a company that everyone wants to work for, I felt like I had to play the role of being sad. I was like faking it. Like, I don't know if you saw my LinkedIn post, but I was like, playing the fiddle basically for everybody to know like hey I'm also sad too yeah and I wasn't like I was not sad at all because to me I felt like this was all God's doing like yeah this was totally God like and the reason why I was so confident of that was because of the conversations me and him had been having it was like when this announcement came out not only did I already know that I was impacted but like the level of peace that I felt when the announcement came out and I realized I was impacted made me realize that what was happening was all God. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if I was feeling anxious or worried or sad or upset or angry or anything like that, then I knew that it probably wasn't of God and it was a, it was because of a choice I had made. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even worried. I'm like, man, the Bible says, you know, the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want you lack nothing, you know, God will provide. Like I was not worried. So even now, like I say all of this, like to say that I'm still not worried. I think come check on me in January. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We'll check back. (laughs) No, true. Come check on me in January. But sometimes even when you think you're like, this is a blessing. This is meant to be. I am going in the path that I'm supposed to be going in. And life lives like the economy is what it is like yeah. we had plans we had trips we have purchases christmas like you just start thinking about the things long term and it can get you can get anxious and i think a lot of people kind of like zoom 6 months out instead of just like being in the present yes and i think too in my case like i was already actively looking mm-hmm. right so um a few things so like god had already put in my spirit that he wanted me to start a business I, and you know, I don't know if you know me, you know me, but you don't, (laughs) may not know me professionally. I am not an entrepreneur. Nothing in me has ever been interested in entrepreneurship ever. So for that to be in my spirit, I was like, ain't no way. (laughs) Like you got to be kidding me because like you're telling the person that you know for a fact would never come up with this on her own. That's how I knew it was from God. Cause I'm like, I would have never. Like I was talking to my homegirl and I told my homegirl this and she was like, and she thought that the, that the business was meant to be like a recruiting business. Now, girl, when I tell you that this business has absolutely nothing to do with recruiting, you're going to be shocked. (laughs) But I told her this and she was like, no way. 
Like, and because she knows, like, you would have not come up with that on your own. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have because one, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I do not want to be a business owner. I have no problem working for the man and not afraid to say it because I know my bills will be paid. I know I will have benefits. You know, there's all these things that, yeah. that are no's that I'm like, I know for sure these things are in place with a nine to five. Yeah. So I've always been someone who was like, I'm working for the man because I know there's security there. Being an entrepreneur, there's just way too many question marks for me. Yeah. Where I'm like, I can't fully rely on this business because number one, I don't even know what I'm doing. But number two, like this business I'm I'm owning is not giving me benefits. <laughs> like yeah. I can hire employees and then give them benefits, but like what about me? Like <laughs> you know, like I just there's just so many things about being an entrepreneur that I'm just like, that is just not for me. But wow. what God revealed to me during this time is like number one, as somebody who is an active, like and when I tell you like in the Bible all day, every day. I study it. I don't just read it. Um, And through my study, God has revealed to me, like, nobody in the Bible worked for a company. Like, if you go and, you know, like, if you go back and read the Bible, everybody in the Bible that was a prophet or, um, you know, was a disciple of Jesus, they all were business owners. Mm -hmm. And so God is like, my intention was never for this shift nine to five you know, eight to four work schedule. Like that was never my intention for anyone, especially you. So he was like, you need to do this. And the business he wanted me to start, girl, was in fashion. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> Because not only am I absolutely not interested in business ownership, but I'm like fashion, an area that I have no experience in. You've got to be kidding me. So that's how I knew it was God given because this is not anything I would have come up with on my own. Like would have never even thought fashion at all. Like crazy. Yeah. Wait. So let's say you found out on, I'm just making, making a day, correct me, Friday that it was you. Did you get this like calling like that weekend? Was it next week? Girl, God had revealed that to me months before the layoff had even been announced. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said this layoff was from God because he had been telling me to do this for months and I was like, I'm not doing it. And the one thing about, you know, the Bible that I've learned is obedience is so important to God. 
and not in a sense of like trying to control you. But one thing I've learned is like, you know, growing up as a Christian, I grew up in church. I grew up as someone who was always actively involved in church. Mm -hmm. I never read the Bible. Like I read it, but I didn't study it. I didn't really understand what I was reading. Number one, because I had a King James version that in itself is in another language. So I didn't even know what I was reading. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So now, you know, they have so many different versions of the Bible. It's like I can pick up a Bible and actually understand what it says now. Mm-hmm. And so I've been actively studying the Bible. And one thing God taught me was I never promised anyone an easy life. That was a lie. Whoever told you that when you were growing up, which I was definitely told that, that if I believed in God and was obedient and followed his word and da, 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 that my life would be easy. Yeah, that is a, that is a lie. The, the truth is God actually gives us trials and tribulation to build our character. That is a part of the growth process. And yeah. that is part of the promise he gives us. He promises everyone that is his believer, um, a future and a hope. And if you have both of those things, it's because you've been obedient and you've been following him. And one thing I was not doing was being obedient. So mm. I felt like in praying about this, God was like, I want you to start this business. And I was like, I don't want to start this business. And he's like, okay. I'm like, I'm going to continue to work this job and I'm going to try to find another one in the process. And he's like, okay. So now he takes the job from me completely. Right. Where now I can focus full time on finding another job while also still being paid. Because I think that was also the thing was like, well, I can't just quit. You know what I mean? Because I need like I I need financial stability. And again, God will provide. And so he was like, all right, well, what what I'll do is I'll take it from you and make them pay you anyway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is what he did. So I'm still being paid, even though I'm literally not doing anything right now. Yeah. My last day isn't until November and I'm paid through January. So at the end of the day, like the severance wasn't amazing, but it wasn't terrible. And I say all that to say, like, now he's like, okay, you can focus on finding another job that will fuel you starting this business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so now I've been spending this time just kind of staying focused on like the, the calling and the messaging that God is giving me and really learning that through the Bible and the Holy Spirit. So I say all that to say, once I found out, I was not upset, but I had to kind of play like I was because that was the culture of, of everyone that was laid off. Yeah. You know, it was like, be upset, be all these negative things. And I was just like, I'm not playing into that narrative, but I'll do it for the sake of saving face. Yeah. I don't know if I don't do it, then you all will be looking at me like, okay. Like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? <laughs> right. Exactly. So I had to kind of play the role, but let me tell you, this was all God. And again, the Bible says what God takes from you, he will only give you back tenfold. So I was like, man, you just took away the best of the best. Oh, I can't wait to see what you got next. I know that the result that I'm going to get from it is going to be what I'm going to love more than the work that I'm going to have to do to get that result out of it. I'm just trying to remember like what he's calling me to do is not just going to benefit me, but this is going to help a lot of people. Wow. That is that is so much faith and that is just such a good reminder for those of us who you know are stubborn yeah <laughs> me <laughs> right wow so is there any other advice especially cuz you know not everybody might be you know bible readers bible lovers you know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. focus in that way for people who are in the trenches of a job loss and you know different timing different industries maybe different income Right. Some people might not have gotten a settlement. Some people probably weren't making that much to begin with. Yeah. 
what advice would you give for them like in this time as they kind of have to be patient? Yeah, I would say don't settle. I think as black women, you know, when we are in positions where we're unemployed, we are expected to just take the next thing available because it's paying. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, no, like I'm not doing that. I'm not about to just take a job because it's open and it's going to pay me. Like it's got to be something that I at least enjoy until further notice. If it's not something that I, you know, see myself doing forever. Yeah. I would also say like, give yourself some grace. You're not alone. Everyone is going through this. We are all having the very same experiences and probably having a lot of the same conversations too. And just know like there are people out here that want to see you succeed and will do what they need to do to help you do that. Reach into your village, look in your network. There are people out there that are willing to help you and will lean in to do that. And this market right now is trash for everyone. It is not just recruiters. It is everyone. Our economy right now just is what it is. And inflation is real. So we all got to make a living to pay bills and get groceries and eat and do all of these things that we need to do, take care of our spouses and our kids and our families. So, you know, do what makes sense for you. Don't let other people, you know, influence you too much, but also, you know, be open-minded. Like don't focus just on what you want. Think about how it may impact other people. Think about what decisions you're making and how those decisions may be impacting your future well-being, your current well-being, your family's well-being, because all of those things are still very important. But I would say don't settle. It's a market where I think we're encouraged to settle because of the way things are. And I refuse to do that because I just feel like I have way more to bring to the table than someone offering me something that I'm not happy with. And I'm not going to settle for that out of fear. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that's a lot of me talking from the perspective of faith. Mm-hmm. But for those who maybe don't have faith, I say do what makes sense for you. Yeah. Operating out of fear, no matter what you believe, is crazy. Like, yeah. We all know that. <laughs> like, we know that. It doesn't nec- It doesn't always stop us from doing it. A lot of that's human nature. We have to fight against a lot of things that I think we're programmed to do, particularly in this culture, in this U.S. crazy work culture. But yeah, I feel like operating from fear is never a great idea. I agree. And I think too, operating from fear just makes you hasty and impulsive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think this is the time to think about what it is that makes sense for you and your career and your family, not just jump into things because you feel like, oh, I need to do this because of X. Yeah. Really think about the decisions you're making. Think about how those decisions may impact someone else and reach into your network. People are looking for help just like you are. So be willing to help them and be willing to receive the help in return. Awesome. This is such good advice. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And definitely people are probably like, this is a twist. I'm (laughs) expecting to hear tears and like, you know, hear somebody being like, I'm so sad, but it's not always like that. And I think once we step back from the idea of like, oh, what does this mean financially? Which is usually everybody's biggest fear. If we're honest with ourselves, we're usually pretty happy. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for for taking that away. For sure. Yeah. I like, like I said, I don't think a lot of people, you know, are in a moment of of happiness with their layoff. I can't say I am either, you know, like being unemployed sucks. And I think that's true for everyone. Mm -hmm. But I think if you look at what you're going through as, you know, just fuel to move you forward, because I truly believe that everything that is happening in my life right now is being used to work on my behalf and to fulfill God's purpose. And so I'm not worried 
about being unemployed. I think, like I said, check in on me <laughs> come <laughs> January if I'm still unemployed. You know, then maybe that fear that I'm talking about trying to avoid now will probably start to set in at that point. Mm-hmm. I am trying to stay very prayer heavy, just trying to stay in a constant spirit of faith um, and hope as well. Like I said, God promises a hope in the future. So I know that there will be something. I will land on my feet. It just may be some time before it happens. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode and the entire season. I'm always looking to bring you all a variety of stories and perspectives to help you navigate your own career. And hopefully you learn a little something from time to time. If you have an idea for an episode or an industry that you want to hear more about, send me a note on Instagram or by email. And if you are going through something right now in your workplace, know that I'm thinking of you and that there are hundreds of thousands of us of all colors, speaking up, trying to change policy and even laws to give you and everyone a healthy and fair work experience. Keep the faith and I'll see you in season six. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.